the first step to really making the best use of AI is to understand what it really is and how it applies to the context of your business because every business is different and AI may or may not be applicable to your business. Welcome to the Agile Digital Transformation Podcast, where we explore different aspects of digital transformation and digital experience with your host, Tim Butera, Content and Community Manager at Agile Drop. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm joined today by Kavita Ganesan, trusted AI advisor, founder of Opinosis Analytics, and author of The Business Case for AI, who has over 15 years of experience in artificial intelligence. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about strategies and best practices for introducing AI to your business. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for having me here. So if you're okay with the intro, I suggest we jump straight into our topic for today. Yes. Yeah. To kind of get a better idea of where we're at in terms of AI evolution and adoption, let me ask you, so what is the current state of AI evolution and adoption in the world? Sure, yeah. So let me start off uh, by setting the context for the audience. Mm -hmm. So AI is basically trying to mimic human intelligence within a computer, and this is in the form of intelligent software. And people often think of AI as one particular thing, but really, it, it's a coming together of sub-disciplines, like NLP is to mimic language understanding in a computer. Computer vision is to mimic human vision capabilities within a computer. Then machine learning is to mimic how humans make decisions within a computer. But, in, but with machine learning, you use large amounts of data to learn how to make those decisions. So it's a coming together of different disciplines to solve specific use cases. So for example, for self-driving cars, you use a lot of computer vision to help the cars see and navigate themselves on the road. Mm -hmm. And in the early days, AI was a very research intensive field. The techniques that were proposed in the 1940s, 1950s could not be easily used to solve practical business problems because the computation power just was not there. Mm -hmm. But over time, this actually changed. So like around 2011, cloud computing actually became a really popular thing. So you could actually rent cloud resources um, and run algorithms pretty cheaply. Uh, and if you, would, if you would have done that many years ago, you'd need a supercomputer, which is really expensive. And around 2011, also big data really started to take off. So companies realize, hey, I can use this data and all this computation resources to uh, use AI and solve practical business problems. So that's when AI really started to take off within business applications. But the adoption of AI itself has been pretty slow. And that's because initially the tools to develop and deploy these AI solutions were not very refined. But now things have changed. There are a lot more tools, a lot more ways to easily go from uh, an idea to deployment of um, AI solutions. And you'll see a lot of this AI adoption in large tech companies, in financial companies, and also within uh, startups. So with this in mind, with all the changes and kind of the new reality for AI now and with the tooling, I assume... Uh, becoming better, improving, and uh, 
I mean, what are the best practices? What are the tactics for succeeding with AI? And maybe how do these differ between industries, between companies? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think the first step to really making the best use of AI is to understand what it really is and how it applies to the context of your business. Because every business is different and AI may or may not be applicable to your business. So understanding what the sub-disciplines are, how it relates to the problems you have in your company. So that'll help you see how you can use this tool to solve problems in your company. So understanding is one of the first things you want to do. And I've seen a lot of cases where people just try to apply AI for the sake of using AI and it goes nowhere. And then they get disappointed and say that AI is not a really good technology to use. But really, AI is suitable for very specific problems. And these are usually high volume problems, complex decision making problems. And you usually have to be generating a lot of data from the manual process to start with. Another thing for succeeding with AI is to understand what is the return on investment you're getting by using AI versus a simpler method or even manually. So maybe a task is taking you uh, 10 days to accomplish, but by using AI, you can do it within minutes or seconds. Mm -hmm. So understanding the ROI will help you really get value from the investment because AI is not cheap. It's not just about, it's not just about simple software engineering. It's once you develop the model, you'll have to maintain the model, you'll have to improve the model over time. Um, and the model can dip in its performance. So it's a long-term commitment. So you want to ensure that the ROI is there. And the third thing is, um, if you're looking for the long-term adoption of AI, then you need to think about addressing the foundational building blocks. So for example, AI systems are heavily data dependent. You need a lot of data to learn how to make decisions. Um, so you may your company may not be already collecting data aggressively or for a particular initiative, you don't have the data. So jumping right into AI uh, in those circumstances is going to set you back. So what you're going to do is identify those types of foundational pieces like data, your cultural elements, like you may have some fear in your company about using AI. Um, you may not have the infrastructure to develop and deploy models. So by addressing those challenges, and you can also concurrently pilot AI at the same time, but addressing those challenges will help you with the long-term uh, adoption of AI. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that we we're going to talk about challenges and hesitations a little bit yeah. more in a later part of the episode. But right now, uh, it sounds to me like you don't really need to have super in-depth technical skills to make good use of AIs. I mean, for, from what we discussed now, it's more a combination of, you know, some technical skills, not extremely tech savvy and some business acumen and kind of this uh, adopting yes. this mindset. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more understanding it at a very high level. Like anything you want to apply in your business, you'll have to understand it at a high level. So you need to know what it is. And once you know what it is, what are the risks, what are the costs and how to prepare for it, then you will be able to see how best to apply it. And when it comes to the implementation of it, you can buy off-the-shelf solutions and you may need a software engineer to integrate it within your 
workflow. If you want to build from scratch, that's also possible. You don't have to do it yourself. You can outsource it to companies that do AI development. Uh, so there are many ways to get it implemented without being technically savvy. But on the high level, you do have to understand how AI is relevant to your business and what it is. Yeah, this ties back to your previous point about having to know the ROI if if you want to determine, if you want to be able to determine if the investment is actually going to pay you off both in terms of finances yes. and in terms of time saved. Yeah, and a lot of times you'll find that using just plain software engineering will do it. You don't need AI or maybe doing it manually uh, is a cheaper solution than using AI. So you'll have to weigh all of those before deciding, hey, AI is the right solution for me mm-hmm. and I'm going to explore its use. And also way to get value from AI solutions that are already deployed is to actually before deployment is to test it. Mm -hmm. So even if you're buying off the shelf solutions, you want to test it on your data for your particular use case. And it might be that those off the shelf solutions may not work. So you'll have to custom build. So testing Mm -hmm. is the key here. Yeah, it really sounds like there's there's a lot of potential issues and a, a lot that can go wrong, and you have to be really, I guess, thorough and meticulous in how you adopt AI, how you how you proceed with your adoption, how you you know if you're going to scale based on that, how you're going to scale. It's just you know, as you just said, you know, there's yes. as, as I just confirmed. Yeah, you have to be very strategic about AI because it's not a simple software engineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in this context, I mentioned just a few minutes ago that we would talk more in depth about challenges. So so uh, what have you seen or experienced to be the main challenges or concerns or, or hesitations of implementing AI and how should companies, businesses approach, you know, resolving and addressing these? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one of the challenges that, that I've seen is there is a lot of fear about AI as a technology. So some people think that they're going to contribute to the bad of humanity because of things like what they've seen with Facebook, where mm-hmm. algorithms can cause more harm than do good. And this is not just with your customers, but also internally with employees. There may be fears, there may be confusion. They don't know what you're going to do with this technology. So one way to address it is through education and also taking a stance within the company. So what are you going to do with all this AI if you were to use it? What you will and will not do with AI applications? Like, how would you address the issues of bias, the algorithmic challenges you've seen with companies like Facebook? So through education, I think you can address a lot of fears and people may be more empowered to consider this as a technology they would use to solve their business problems. Otherwise, there may be hesitation to even think about AI as a solution yeah i mean there's a lot of negative stigma associated with it on on one Mm -hmm. end because of you know sci-fi and movies and stuff like that and on the other hand the more concrete and more you know kind of tangible aspects of it such as you mentioned facebook and algorithms and you know the potential misuse of the data that's collected and analyzed which also ties to the bias it's yeah like it's i i guess similarly to a lot of new breakthrough technology right it's it's it has the potential to either do a lot of good 
or if if misused if exploited yes. it can do it can lead to a lot of bad things as well a lot of bad things and a lot of it is a function of human behavior rather than the ai itself so we have to take a stance as a company on what we will and will not do i, I um, think mo most of it is actually yeah. a function of the human input right even if it's you know even if one aspect is the people using and managing the ai mm -hmm. but the, you know it begins with humans creating ai i mean yeah. I, i guess we're not at the point yet where ai is creating ai i guess that that would be a yes. Of alarm. <laughs> <laughs> yes we are not at that point yet but in many years we may get <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah uh, in this context it's also i guess one of the one of the hot recent topics in the field of ai has also been ethical ai and this concept of you know trust based ai i guess that these are super important for kind of uh, addressing and tackling these these concerns and hesitations yes definitely yep and and another challenge that i would say with the adoption of ai is some of the building blocks are not there like for example if you want to get started with an initiative the data for that initiative may not already be there so then what do you do so what you can do in those instances is to have an ai roadmap so instead of going straight into implementation have a few ai ideas at hand and then think about what data is needed to support this initiative and how you can acquire that data so maybe starting manually maybe a good solution because manually generated data is always a uh, good data because it's generated by humans and also that'll give you a better handle of the problems that you have at hand really good piece of advice yeah i think that listeners will really appreciate this one yes and it'll help you understand what exactly is the problem you're trying to solve what's your input and what's your output and then you can get ai systems to replicate that so that's one way of starting with ai without the data another way is to like you may have to crowdsource this because it's, there's no way to collect it internally it's very dependent on the problem itself but you want to brainstorm what are the ai applications you can develop and then start the data collection early on it makes it only makes yeah. sense right even in a constantly changing uncertain world filled with disruptions you still have to plan things out and think things through before you know jumping head first into everything especially if it's new technology that hasn't really seen massive adoption although i mean more and more people are starting to realize that they're basically interacting with some forms of ai on a daily basis if they use you know social media we talked about algorithms but it's still not as widely implemented at least not in in its fullest potential i guess yes yes and people are struggling at different points either during data collections during mm -hmm. deployment on which problems they are applying ai to so they are start uh, they are struggling at different areas really mm -hmm. and yeah next question we already dipped our toes a little bit into this one so how do you think the field of ai will continue to evolve in the future what are we likely to see you know maybe in the coming months in the coming mm -hmm. years in 10 years yeah so the, i think there are few broad areas and one area i think is in making ai systems more explainable mm -hmm. so today ai systems are very black box in nature mm -hmm. so if i predict that you have a high risk of a certain type of cancer doctors currently don't know 
why? Why then AI made such predictions? So if the AI can explain why it arrived at those conclusions, then that's going to help the physician confirm their diagnosis or confirm that you do indeed have a high risk of cancer. So that's one very large area that's up and coming. There's a lot of research going on. And then the second area is in common sense reasoning. So what we talked about earlier. So AI systems today are very task-oriented. So you train it to accomplish a specific task, it, it can very well do that. But if you ask it the same, the same AI system, if you ask it questions that you will ask a two-year-old, it may not be able to answer that. So common sense reasoning is very much lacking. So you'll see, but there is progress in that area and you're going to see more and more of that over the next decade, but it's going to be slow. It's not going to be as intelligent as humans are uh, at this time, but we will get there, I guess, at some point. I think that's almost <clears throat> inevitable. Yeah. Yes. And the third area I think is relying less on data. So right now, AI systems require large amounts of data to learn a specific task. So there is a lot of research going on on how can I use less data to learn a similar task that I previously would have learned using large amounts of data. And this is called like one-shot learning, if you've heard of, or few-shot learning. Yeah. So this, this is, is the an, first uh, time I'm hearing of it. Yeah, yeah this is an, uh, yeah, a new area of research that's up and uh, coming. And I think this also will make great strides because not all companies can afford to collect large amounts of data. So they want to be able to start with limited amounts of data. That's very interesting because it almost yeah. seems to contradict one of the main points that we've discussed so far. That is that, that AI is heavily dependent or rather a successful implementation of AI is heavily dependent on data. So right now, I really can't imagine what that would look like. But I guess that's yes. why we're talking about this in the part of the episode when we're talking about future potential. Yes, these are the future potential. And I think it will become a tool that we can use down the road. And, and yeah, as, as for the other predictions, I think especially the first one is different uh, from this one in the sense that it, it really aligns with what we talked about previously. We talked about trust and ethics and explainability mm -hmm. to me is in this, in this context, it's almost equated with transparency, right? Being able to be having insight into how the particular AI was able yeah. to infer that, that, you know, that insight. Okay. And that's one way we can build trust between humans and algorithms through these types of evidence from the algorithms themselves. An excellent point, because my next point about that was that you mentioned that that would allow then the, the, the actual humans to make a more accurate diagnosis. So, so this kind of reinforces one of the observations that we made several times during this podcast in different episodes that, you know, the trick to leveraging, to making good use of AI is to make it work well in tandem with humans, not as a replacement for humans, not as, you know, in, in any kind of other sense, but just enhancing the work that humans do and facilitating yes. it. Yeah. AI systems, they take over roles that we may not already want to do. Like we make a mm. lot of, we may be making a lot of mistakes, but AI systems don't get tired. They don't get distracted. So they can repeatedly do things at a the same level of quality, I guess, so to mm -hmm. say. So that's one area that we really need to be thinking about. We may not already want be wanting to do those jobs. So why not offload it to an AI system? And we can be the 
gen data generators for those systems. We can be the supervisors for the systems. We can help improve those systems. So we still need humans, very much need humans in the loop. That's really good to yeah. hear. So, so no fear of, you know, AI overlords eliminating us, replacing us. We're good on that note. Yeah, for now, we are good on that note, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, awesome. Uh, now we've almost reached the end of this uh, very fascinating and interesting discussion, Kavita. And I just want to ask you before we finish, uh, what would be your top words of advice for, for business leaders who maybe are having trouble with their AI implementation mm -hmm. or aren't seeing success with it just yet? Yes, yeah, so it depends on where you're having the problem. Mm -hmm. So let's say you've already deployed your AI system, but you don't know what it's doing, if it's improving your business metrics, you, you don't know what value it's creating for you. So in this case, I would say, go back to your metrics. So the first thing you want to check is your model metrics. So is your model performing adequately in production? And how was it performing during development? So you want to, so you want to make sure that your model is built to standard. So once you know that you have a good model, now you want to see what, what was your goal of deploying the AI system? Was it to improve productivity? So then you should be tracking maybe the time reduction in completing a specific task. And what is the AI doing in delivering on those goals? Is it improving? Is it uh, staying the same? Or is it deteriorating? So if it's improving, then it's on the right path. Maybe you just need some improvements um, to improve the model so it further gives you more productivity improvements. Or if it's staying stagnant, why? You, you want to investigate why is it stagnant? Is it because the workflow is too complicated that people have to go through additional steps to consume the AI output? So that's going to make your workflow, add friction to your workflow essentially. So, so that would be the inverse of what you would want to achieve by implementing AI, right? Instead yes. Of, instead of your job getting easier, it would get harder. Harder. And I've yeah. seen this happening where you develop this really cool AI solution, but you add friction in people's workflow, that's, then that doesn't really help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if your metric is getting worse, the imp there is no improvement, but deterioration, then you want to go back to the drawing board and figure out, hey, what's going on here? Did we develop a bad model or did we not deploy it correctly? Is it in the wrong place that it's uh, being used? So you really want to investigate into those issues using your business success metrics as your North Star, essentially. And you also want to know what your users think, user mm -hmm. things, like the consumers of the AI output. So what do they think? Do they perceive this as a long-term solution? If, they, if they're not happy with it, they're not going to use it later down the road they may they may use it during testing but after it's deployed they may just go back to the old way of doing things so you want to ensure that the consumers are happy and they may also spot other issues like they may say hey our i like this ai solution but the workflow is just to it's not good for us the way it's being deployed is not good for us mm. or they may see model issues that we may have missed during model evaluation so all these three components need to come together, the model success, business success, and user success. And I discuss a lot of this in uh, chapter 14 of my book. 
Oh, actually, yeah. since we're already finishing, uh, can yeah. you tell us more about the book, more more about where potential listeners could potentially reach you, order the book, learn more about you? Sure. The book is about how companies, uh, essentially leaders, domain experts, anybody who wants to use AI, how they can get started with it in their business. So it starts with a very high level of what is AI, so what I talked about earlier. And then it dives into what are some of the myths of AI, your use cases, where you can use, use AI within your business, and how do you find opportunities so you're not just going for the wrong software automation opportunities, but you're going for real AI opportunities. And then things like whether you should build AI systems or buy. So it walks you through the whole, whole thing for how you can apply AI within your business. And you can find more details about this on my website. It's uh, Kavita, K-A-V-I-T-A dash Ganesan, G-A-N-E-S-A-N.com. So just go to my website and you'll see some information about the book. Awesome. I'll make sure yeah. to link to link both the website and a direct link to where they can order the book. Sure, so, yeah. So that they have everything at, at the palm of their hands. And uh, because it's, it certainly seems like the book is the best way to upgrade the knowledge and insights you gained from this episode and kind of, you know, kind of start your, your AI journey for real. Yeah, that's correct. And it'll be especially helpful if you're new to AI and you don't want to be intimidated by all the hype around. So yeah, that's a good way to get started. Well, Kavita, as I already said, this was a fantastic conversation. I think we covered a lot of the really important aspects, the, the positive aspects, the negative aspects, the best practices. I think that this will definitely be a very enjoyable episode for all of our listeners as well. So thanks for being our guest today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. Awesome. Likewise. Have a great day. Thank you. And to our listeners, that's all for this episode. Have a great day, everyone, and stay safe. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to check out our other episodes, you can find all of them at agiledrop.com slash podcast, as well as on all the most popular podcasting platforms. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues.